नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय The song of the Avanti Brahmana, Canto 11, Chapter 23, Text 1819. Steyam hisantritam sanritam dambha Kama krodha smayo mada Bedo vairam avishvasa Samspardha vyasananicha Steyam him sadatam dhamba Kama krodha smayo mada Bedo vairam avishvasa Samspardavyasananicha Steyam Theft Himsa Violence Anritam Lying Dhambaha Duplicity Kamaha Lust Krodaha Anger Smayaha Perplexity Madaha Pride Bedaha Disagreement Vairam Enmity Avishasa Lack of faith Samspardha Rivalry Vyasanani The dangers Parentheses is Coming from women gambling and intoxication Cha And So I'm not going to do the rest because there's two verses that go together, 17, 18. We won't do the word for word. Excuse me, 18, 19. So I'm just going to read the translation and purport. Theft. Violence. Speaking lies. 
duplicity, lust, anger, perplexity, pride, quarreling, enmity, faithlessness, envy, and the dangers caused by women gambling and intoxication are the 15 undesirable qualities that contaminate men because of greed for wealth. Although these qualities are undesirable, men falsely ascribe value to them. One desiring to achieve the real benefit of life should therefore remain aloof from undesirable material wealth. Purport. The words, it's in the second part, text 19, anartam artakyam, or undesirable wealth, indicate wealth that cannot be efficiently engaged in the loving service of the Lord. Such superfluous money or property will undoubtedly pollute a man with all the above-mentioned qualities and therefore should be given up. Song of the Avanti Brahmana is part of the Uddhava Gita section of Bhagavatam. Very important, very famous section of the Bhagavatam. And this story is uh, for some devotees, one of their favorite stories. It's spoken by Krishna to Uddhava in response to a question at the beginning of the chapter. Important question. What's the root cause of suffering. Now, Prabhupada would say over and over and over and over, the root cause of suffering is ignorance. And it, very simple. When ignorance covers the living entity, because the living entity by nature is part and parcel of Krishna, covered souls covered by ignorance have ignorant desire. Ignorant desire causes ignorant activity. Ignorant activity causes suffering. So the root causes ignorance. And the conclusion of this whole chapter is the root cause of suffering is the mind. So it's not, hey, there's contradiction here. What's going on? Prabhupada says this and Krishna says that, so what's going on? It's the mind influenced by ignorance. So both are correct. Not one's, If one's right, the other one's got to be wrong, so which one is right and which one is wrong? The, the mind we know from Bhagavad Gita, 
uh, is the place where conceptions of life are carried, like the air carries aroma. So the mind similarly carries conceptions of life. And conceptions of life may change just like as the air moves from one place to another place, there can be a foul smell and the air feels, smells foul. And then someplace later, the air smells fresh or vice versa. So by contact with air, aroma is picked up. Similarly, by contact with the objects of the senses, in the mood of trying to be the enjoyer of the object of the senses, conceptions of life are formed by, you know, by our association with the modes of nature and other living entities who have conceptions of life. So by association. So we, we pick up conceptions. But the, the root of the material conception is ignorance. In very simple terms, Ignorance means to ignore Krishna or forgetfulness of Krishna. And spiritual means remembrance of Krishna or turning one's attention to Krishna. So that's, that's ignorance and that's the mind that's influenced by ignorance and the root of that ignorance is ignoring Krishna. So it's not just the mode of ignorance, it's ignorance, ignoring Krishna. And from ignoring Krishna, then the modes become activated or energized, and we become implicated in guna and karma and suffering. The root cause of suffering is the mind that's influenced by ignorance. So the mind that's not influenced by ignorance by ignoring Krishna that's the cause of liberation or the, that's where the mind is the best friend so it's not exactly the mind is the problem we just need a lobotomy and everything is nice that's not the solution the solution is the mind that's purified or you know the the voidist view that you just don't have any desire, because desires are influencing your thoughts. So just don't desire that you don't have any thoughts and you become blank and, you, you know, no more suffering. So more precisely, the root cause of suffering is ignorance, but ignorance influences the mind. In the process of creation, in the process of, it's, it's kind of puzzling, in the process of creation, when the living entity, the jivas, and the time energy contact pradhan, then the pradhan starts to differentiate out the different elements. And um, so the first of the elements, the first of the elements that's generated out of Pradhan is false ego, our dear friend. 
And <clears throat> false ego mixes with the modes of nature because the modes of nature were quiet. They were not gone, they were just dormant. But energized by time and the living entity's desire, they become activated again. And so mode of goodness that mixes with false ego, the material mind is generated. Now some people say, how come it's not intelligence is generated? The material mind, we need a material mind to have material activity. You have to have a conception that says, I'm the enjoyer. That's in the mind. And that it influences desire. So it's just, just, just connecting what Krishna is saying here in this chapter. The mind. False ego in contact with Pradhan. The modes of goodness produces the material mind. So what's needed is the material mind becomes spiritualized. Or, another way of saying the same thing, the material mind becomes dissolved by bhakti. So that's a desire. Desire isn't the problem. Mind isn't the problem. It's forgetting Krishna that's the problem. And forgetting Krishna is, you know, it's a, it's a bad free will choice. So anyway, from the, 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 the false ego, the misconception of self, then comes the, the conception of mind. From I, hum, comes mama, mine. I and mine. So here the, the topic that's being discussed in these verses is wealth. Here's a brahmana who has wealth and he's a miser. He's thinking it's mine. And his, then his mind becomes further polluted in the ways that this verse is describing. It's attachment to my wealth. And as a result, Krishna is very kind. He relieves him of that attachment. And he was thinking he was enjoying, but actually he was suffering. And then the, the loss of his wealth, it looked like suffering, but it's actually he's getting relieved by Krishna's kindness. And then he comes to his right position. Just yesterday, at the home program, there was a George Mason University student that attended that had never been to a Hare Krishna program before. I don't know what his nationality was. One of the, one of the three people in the room that weren't, or four people in the room that weren't Indian origin, so something Western. And at the end, he came at, uh, with a question. It was a really simple question. 
it was the section we were discussing was Bhishma Dev instructions to Yudhisthira about how to rule. So if you want to overcome dizziness, you rise. If you want to overcome anger, you forgive. And you know, so he wanted to know how do you overcome pain. And the second question is, what's the purpose of it? Why is it there? I was really amazed with this question. And it's, it's, it's directly connected to this chapter. So you, you can overcome pain by realizing it's not you. I mean, there's still pain, but it's not you. We'll just refer to Prabhupada for a moment. A few things. But Prabhupada was, in one sense, a stoic. He could tolerate pain like uh, not an ordinary person. It's not that he was unaware of pain, but he was above the pain. One little story. Um, during the, the, the time of Krishna Balaram installation in Vrindavan, um, while everything was going on in the temple room with the Goswamis doing the yagya and the 24-hour kirtan and everything, Prabhupada was in the afternoons conducting um, darshan. In, the, in his quarters. And so the room was packed, and at the end of Darshan, Prabhupada stood up and started to walk from the Darshan room to his quarters. Somebody had spilled water, and his foot slipped. And if you're familiar with his quarters in Vrindavan, there's like a, a fireplace, kind of a blackish marble fireplace and he caught himself with his two hands but his um, ankle twisted and started to swell immediately and Prabhupada exhibited appropriately anger who has done this Meaning, they spilled water and just left the water. You know, spilled water, you leave the water. But you don't spill water to leave the water. You immediately attend to it. And somebody didn't, and Prabhupada slipped. And everybody looked at everybody, and no one fessed up to having spilled the water and left it. And he was visibly unhappy transcendentally unhappy for instructing purposes, not otherwise. And then um, he had, I think it was Hari Sori, get some ingredients. He knew what to do. It was a, he, he prepared a poultice, meaning you know certain herbs, 
mashed with leaves and a string. And he tied the, the pressed the poultice next to his ankle, I believe it was his right ankle, and, you know, to reduce the swelling. So he knew what to do, and he, you know, had it arranged. And, um, the, you know, the next day was the installation, and when it came time for the class, I was sitting right in the front, and I saw that the leaves and the string and the, the poultice tiled around his ankle. So he was dealing with the swelling. He was instructing his disciples about being neglectful, and he was transcendental to the pain because such things are painful. Is another quick one. Hari Suri told me this one. Prabhupada at one time had a abscess, which means an infection in his tooth. His whole jaw was swelling. So they wanted, they requested, can we take you to a dentist? And Prabhupada said, that's not necessary, just give me some cloves. And he took the cloves, which kind of like has a natural way of reducing pain. <clears throat> and he just put some cloves in the, in the side of his, between the, the jaw and his tooth, and just sucked on the cloves. And it went on for some days with this swollen jaw. Then one day, Prabhupada was taking his meal. He reached into his mouth, pulled out the tooth, handed the tooth to Hari Sori and said, here, you can have this and then went on with his meal. <laughs> now anybody that's had an abscess knows it's really painful, really painful. But Prabhupada, well, it's not that Prabhupada didn't know it was painful, he just transcended the pain. I mean, I don't know what, what that's like, <laughs> how to describe what that's like, but his consciousness was in another place. So he's not, he wasn't oblivious to the swelling of his ankle or his tooth or the other things without other stories. But he was transcendental to it. He wasn't identifying with it. To become Krishna conscious doesn't mean you become unconscious. To become Krishna conscious means you become, you start with, you be conscious and conscious of who you really are. And that means who you aren't. So help you understand who you really are. And then if you have a, a proper understanding of who you really are, then you have a proper understanding of what is mine. And that the, the spiritual understanding is near mama, nothing is mine. Now nothing is mine doesn't mean it doesn't belong to anybody, it belongs to somebody. Everything belongs to Krishna. We're just hearing this from Bhishma's instructions. Two purports in a row. One, Prabhupada is saying, the brahmachari is trained by the guru. This isn't your real home. And the next is, brahmachari is trained that everything is the property of Krishna. It's like, you know, isabhashamidam sarvam, explained in a simple way in Prabhupada's purport. Everything is the property of the source of everything. 
And since everything is the energy of the source of everything, then we give the energy that's from the source to the source. That's responsible. And if you don't know that, then you think it's up for grabs. I can make it mine. Then you, it's the demon. So much is mine and I'm going to accumulate more. But the devotee doesn't go there. They're not thinking wealth. The wealth itself is not the problem. The mind itself is not the problem. It's the ignorance that's the problem. A mind that is thinking, it's mine. Now this verse specifically is um, anartam artakyam. Anartam, anarta, we know that word. We're very familiar with that in Hare Krishna movement. Anarta, unwanted things. And there's the anarta navritti stage of bhakti that by properly performed bhakti, the anartas become relieved. But this is anartam artakyam. Arta, anarta, arta. Arta, dharma, arta. Wealth, or economic development, or prosperity. A, a, a practical, as I was reading this verse this morning, I was thinking of this. There's a nice young devotee somewhere that I have a nice relationship with, and uh, they're at the stage of their life where they're considering their career. They did their, they did very well in their undergraduate study. They're in the space of contemplating, should they, you know, what's next? Should they go on to graduate school? If so, what field and so forth and so on? Or should they work for a while and then go to graduate school or so forth and so on? And um, they wrote expressing they're entering into this downward depression-like spiral because, you know, the expression was, for the last two years I've been a failure and this and that and the other, and you know. So I, I was alarmed. It's like, you know, head sp de depression tendency can be, you know, there's no brake pedal. Can be. So back and forth discussion, and it ended up <clears throat> that there really wasn't, it, w it was the mind. <laughs> It was, I was thinking only in terms of wealth. Like, what's going to get more money? Now, wasn't this illegal money? Or the purport is saying, wealth that cannot be efficiently engaged in loving service of the Lord. But, you know, it was just, it was greed. It's just accumulation of wealth, and that was the foundation of deciding what's next. And it wasn't working out, it wasn't working out, it wasn't working out, it wasn't working out. 
job opportunities, this and that, wasn't working out. Failure. It's a modern thing. Depression is like, it's spiked. But it's, it's so the, the, the expectation that happiness is going to come from wealth. This is a devote, this is an initiated devotee. They're, you know, they know better. But we're, well, we can also be influenced by, you know, the expectations of the world around us. So what, what, was, what was relieved is be yourself. Like, what's really important to you? And do some of that. And it was like, whew. But the I and mind conception covers what's going to be pleasing to Krishna consciousness. Because Krishna consciousness, so that was the answer to this young man last night. Krishna consciousness is a solution to pain. Doesn't mean you don't have pain, but it's the solution. There's the permanent solution, and it's the intermediate solution. Bring your consciousness to a spiritual conception of who you are and what the mission of life is, and you know, pain is just becomes something that you can, you're, you know, you can handle. It's not like fun, but one can deal with it better. And then what's the purpose of it? It's to, it's to remind us, just like this story, it's to remind us this is not the position of real happiness. It's just like this young person struggling, feeling I'm a failure for the last two years. Because the mind was attached to the concept that Krishna wasn't permitting it to happen. You know, go get wealth. And that's where happiness is going to be found. He wasn't allowing it to happen. This door, that door, they were all locked. I'm a failure. It's just modern rhetoric. The Krishna conscious person is, want, goes, what does Krishna want? And what do I want is I want to know what Krishna wants. Or who am I really? Just... Um, I'll end with this. I've just been listening to uh, Srila Prabhupada, 26 Second Avenue, 1966, December, uh, speaking from Chaitanya Charitamrita. Now, there was no Chaitanya Charitamrita Bhaktivedanta purports, but way back then he was reading it. And, you know, this, the section that he was reading to the devotees, reading the Bengali, and then explaining it was Sanatana Goswami being instructed by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And chapter 20. And um, see if I just, the, the, the reference connection just escaped me. Prabhupada was explaining many things, but 
No. Uh, yeah. The questions at the beginning of Sanatan Goswami's inquiry to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is people call me an intelligent person, a pundit, because he was learned. He was a Saraswat Brahmin, therefore respectfully and culturally called pundit. But I don't even know who, I don't even know, he didn't say who I am, but what I am. So that's an intelligent question, just like this young person, you know, why pain? That's exactly what Prabhupada was speaking about for uh, Sanatana Goswami. Why is there suffering? Not, how do I mitigate the suffering? Why is it? That was this person's question, why pain? What's the purpose of it? That's an intelligent question. Because if you don't ask the, the right question, you're not going to get a permanent answer. It's like, how do I mitigate the pain? Take this tablet or something. It means, the implication, Prabhupada was speaking this way, it means... There's, since I don't want it, there's a, and, and it's coming anyways, then there's a power that's greater than me. And I have to, I have to acknowledge there's a power greater than me. But if you're not intelligent, you'll just, you know, you, you have material intelligence. How to wiggle your way, do a workaround around the pain. How to manage the pain. I know a medical doctor that's his field, is pain management. Anyway, you know, when, when everything else fails, how to minimize the pain. Okay. Now, what's the, pur if, if, what's the purpose of minimizing pain? For a devotee, it's one thing, and so for a non-devotee, it's another thing. But, so w why is there pain? Why is there unwanted pain? The, four, the, the threefold miseries. Why is there birth and death? Or one Chinese lady I met in, some years ago in Chicago, she said, I only have one question. What's that? Why creation? That's an intelligent question. So, so behind it, there's a per, there's a person, a, a source, and there's a plan. And if you know what the source and the plan is, then you can utilize creation properly. You can utilize pain properly. You can utilize circumstances of life properly. And if you don't know, you get what you got here. You get all these unwanted things, and it's really complicated. I won't name the name of the person I was thinking of as reading these, you know, bad characteristics. But uh, it's a byproduct of the mind influenced by ignorance. The blind leading the blind. One who doesn't know the purpose of life, giving, becoming a leader of other people who don't know the purpose of life. And everybody falls in the ditch and whines and complains. And then they want to get rid of the guy that was leading them into the ditch. 
and they get another guy that's going to lead them into the ditch because people don't know. So, that we knowing that we don't know, and wanting to know, that's a good starting point. It's just like this student, why pain and how to go beyond it. That's that's intelligence, in Prabhupada's words. Sanatana Goswami's questions was a sign of intelligence. He was even comparing Arjuna to Sanatana Goswami, saying Sanatana Goswami was in a higher position. <laughs> Arjuna wanted to know what's my duty and was ready to, you know, walk from the battlefield. But Sanatana Goswami had already left his government post and wanted to know, what am I? So, it's an interesting uh, way Krishna's speaking to Uddhava, this Avanti Brahman story, to teach us yet again one of the important lessons of the Bhagavatam is yukta vairagya or jnana vairagya. Vairagya vijanija bhakti yoga shikshartam ekam purushak puranam sarvabhoma bhattacharya's description of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu which is the message of the Bhagavatam. Vairagya vidya nija bhakti yoga not just knowledge and detachment, but in that knowledge and detachment space, bhakti-yoga becomes facilitated, which is what happens to the Ivanti Brahman. And it's, so it can happen to us too. Read Srimad Bhagavatam regularly and try to hear and understand its message. The message is bhakti. It's meant to take us to the spiritual world through energized bhakti. Any discussion? Giri Govardhan's ready with the microphone. Please speak. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Uh, so this translation, this verse is asking us to uh, relinquish undesirable material wealth. Uh, in a way, like it is asking to relinquish these undesirable qualities. Uh, so, you know, while doing our sadhana, like we are trained in a certain uh, modern way of uh, mindset we are tuned to. So how to, what is the Vedic thought process and how to cultivate that, that will help in our bhakti to Krishna? I'm not sure I understand your question, but I think I do. Um, the simple answer is, we accept our position, at least theoretically, our position is we are eternal parts and parcels of Krishna meant for his pleasure. 
And we're cultivating that as we're doing our sadhana. Chanting, reading, hearing, worshipping. We're meant for his pleasure. We're cultivating that consciousness. And from that naturally comes knowledge and detachment. And in our practical life, that's when we're doing our sadhana, we're doing our practical life, day to day. We try to apply that which we have heard and chanted nicely in practical terms. Then we go back to our sadhana. We cultivate bhakti, primarily based on qualitative hearing and chanting. That's Bhagavad Dharma process. I'm a little curious as to how you answered last night's question. How I did what? How you answered the question about pain. Well, uh, the, the, the two answers, because the, there are two questions, how to transcend, or how to, he didn't use the word transcend, how to, because Bhishma Dev was saying, to overcome, you do this, to overcome that, you do the other thing. So how do you overcome pain? By spiritual conception. You know, there's, there's, you, you learn to tolerate and invest consciousness in transcendence, in sat. That's then progressively to realize who you really are. And then you can overcome, transcend, or deal with pain better. And then with the purpose of it, it's to remind us this isn't our real position. It's not our position of happiness. just part of the territory. We're in this world of duality and sometimes there's pleasure and sometimes there's pain. We chase after the pleasure and it invites the pain. So it's, it's a lesson meant to teach us this isn't a real place of happiness. We have a real home. That was the, the language because it was from the, the context of the previous. It's not a real home. So we have a real home. And this isn't our real home. This is a diseased, we're, we're passing through a place that's not our home and, it's, and it has pain. It's not, it's not what we want. It's not where we belong. We belong somewhere else. It's a reminder. And it goes and it comes and it's transient. That's, we don't, we, we, so there is, there is an alternative. And his response was, it's very clear. <laughs> I mean, he was, I was surprised. Because generally you get arguments with something like that. For myself, I'm not very good with pain. In fact, I'm very bad with pain. And I will do anything to avoid pain. And even if I think about death, if I'm honest, I, I, I'm more fearful of the painful process. Um, so how do you, you know, do I practice, you know, not avoiding pain or do, no. do different people have different mechanisms mechanisms or even capacities? Oh, to, to yeah. Well, we're all individual. Um, 
there's this principle of acceptance, which I understand Adi Purusha was speaking about while he was here recently. So the, there's acceptance of this is where I am. I'm not Prabhupada. I'm not Grandfather Bhishma. I'm 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 accept this is my position. And I want to go to the position of transcendence, but it starts with accepting this is where I am. So I need to do, I need to do those things, acknowledging and accepting my position that takes care of how I can go forward with steadiness and stability and sustainability so that I don't get distracted by the, the, the pain principle. That's, I don't want to be ruled by it. I want to be deal with it in a responsible, according to my position that I've already accepted, this is my position, deal with it, and uh, maximize giving attention to Krishna, you know, for that purpose. And so, you know, what works fine for somebody else is fine for somebody else. And it's not fine for me. I, I, I need a sustainable situation so I can remain steady. But another part of acceptance, besides this is my position, is it's the nature of the place. And I'm not going to get out of the place by, you know, fear of the place. So that's another acceptance, you know, the, the, the acceptance of the path that takes me to where I want to go. Fearlessness, not painlessness, but fearlessness. The, the you know, the, the Bhagavatam verse, Bayam Dutriyam Abhinivesha Taksyat, that the solution to bhayam, abhinivesh, absorption in dutiyam, it's hearing from the spiritual master and simulating the instructions of the spiritual master and going to the position where now I'm situated with Krishna. That's the transcendental path. And generally it's gradual. Anything else? Okay. Shri Prabhupada Ki Jai. Yeah.